focus on headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, uh, joining us today, we have Kwon Zua and Yoon Seung. Guys, welcome back. Good evening. Hello. Good evening to you guys. We're going to start things off with this ongoing discussion over the soon-to-be-released uh, wastewater from the Fukushima nuclear power plant. Uh, they are, of course, preparations are underway. We did talk about the IAEA's uh, final report. We talked about IAEA Director General Rafael Grossi, of course, making a trip to Japan. Uh, this is also expected to be a major topic of discussion uh, between President Yoon Sagar and his Japanese counterpart. Uh, we're talking about Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida in a summit next week. So uh, you're going to start us off. Uh, give us the latest there. Sure. So first off, uh, this Thursday, we learned that President Yoon and Prime Minister Kishida are in the midst of arranging a bilateral summit on the sidelines of the NATO summit in Lithuania next week. According to Principal Deputy National Security Advisor Kim Tae-hyo this Thursday, President Yoon will make a visit to Lithuania's capital Vilnius from Monday to Wednesday to meet with NATO leaders and then make an official three-day visit to Poland, which will include a summit with Polish President Andrzej Duda. And uh, what Kim also mentioned today is that during the South Korean leader's next overseas trip, he is also expected to talk to his Japanese counterpart. Uh, we have been talking about predictions before, but it looks like they are now really uh, into um, the arranging the last-minute schedules, uh, as we know that Kishida will be in Lithuania too for the NATO summit. The biggest attention this time around for the Seoul Tokyo bilateral summit is expected to be on Japan's planned release of wastewater from its crippled Fukushima nuclear plant and uh, the safety of it. Uh, now, this is uh, pretty likely to be the top. Uh, agenda, although it's not been made official because uh, a presidential official on a question regarding the agenda said there won't be uh, discussions on the agenda prior to the summit separately. But if a Seoul-Tokyo summit uh, is going to be realized, there is a chance that the Fukushima issue uh, will be raised. Uh, there have been reports on that Prime Minister Kishida himself will brief President Yoon on the plant release, and Japanese media have been hinting on that to happen as early as in August. Uh, the Nikkei Shimbun, for instance, said the Kishida administration plans to explain the release soon to the public and neighboring countries ever since the IAEA has given the green light for the release. Now, there are, of course, we know there are still many concerns, especially here in Korea, but not only in Korea. Local fishermen in Japan have been voicing concerns lately. Uh, they are saying that they have tried to you know, alleviate concerns over seafood safety to residents in the past decade. For instance, by always check checking the radioactiveness of uh, seafood. But now with a planned water release, they're fearing that the industry will face another crisis. Uh, the Jap Japan Fisheries Corporate has been opposing the discharge plan in a number of resolutions, including the latest one being made in June. Yeah, basically what the, uh, the Fukushima fishery community is basically saying is is uh, over the past 10 plus years, what they've been trying to do is improve their image uh, because 
there's some things that you just can't control. And the, the Fukushima disaster, that was one of the things, right? And that really impacted the fish. In fact, I believe they still test uh, some of the fish that are caught off the coast of Fukushima. And for instance, like some of the rockfish, I believe, uh, had some high radioactivity, uh, which again, I mean, it, it's a big concern. Uh, I do under know that uh, there's a whole lot of testing being done before uh, these uh, fish are being imported and, and so forth. But they're basically saying, listen, we took over a decade in trying to improve our image with our fish, and now you're going to ruin it once again. But again, if President Yoon Sagyar and uh, Prime Minister Fumio Kishida do meet, and even if they do discuss uh, issues regarding the Fukushima wastewater release, I mean, it's not going to be like, you know, President Yoon going, oh, you can't do this or anything like that. There isn't going to be any opposition. It's more probably President Yoon uh, requesting transparency in the information that uh, they're going to get, and probably also a lot of discussion on the North Korea front. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, the South Korean government will be announcing its own report on the Fukushima wastewater release this on Friday. Hey, uh, you're going to tell us more on this. Yes. Um, Park Goo-yeon, the first deputy secretary of state, announced this plan on Thursday in a daily briefing at the Seoul government complex. He said the Korean government has been conducting independent verification of TEPCO's plan to discharge wastewater from Fukushima nuclear power plant based on analysis of data released by Japan and data obtained from South Korean inspection team who visited Japan back in May. The report is also expected to include suggestions from South Korean government for Japan Although, um, although no details were given. Since August 2021, South Korean government has been checking the safety of Japan's plan of discharging contaminated water under the leadership of the Korea Institute of Nuclear Safety, or KINS. But despite the confidence of South Korean government, many still express strong cons- concern over not only the safety of the wastewater release, but also the verification process itself. That is because Korean government's inspection process also has the same limitations as those of the IAEA. Both parties conducted investigation based on data and samples provided by Japan, and that's what made the public uncertain about the effectiveness of the inspection team from South Korea that had it to Japan in May because they did not independently collect samples of contaminated water to conduct its own additional verification. Also, the level of access the group was granted was limited, and some are that an in-depth investigation would have been difficult for that reason. And of course, for that reason, uh, pundits are predicting that the South Korean government's report to be released tomorrow will not be much different from the IAEA's recent report. Right. Um, Deputy Director Park, during today's daily briefing, said the South Korean government is aware of Japan's plan to release Fukushima wastewater into the ocean this summer. He then highlighted that at a regular meeting held by Japan's Nuclear Regulation Authority, the previous day, it concluded that there was no problem on treatment facilities, so it's good to go with Tokyo's plan, hinting that South Korean team also agree with the results came out from NRA meeting. Yeah, again, I mean, the consensus, especially uh, with the current current government right now, they are siding with uh, Japan, and if they do believe that there is enough uh, transparency in the information given by uh, TEPCO or the Japanese government, uh, the South Korean government with this known analysis, they're basically saying that we're going to side with the information there. We're going to be siding with the IAEA reports. But it does seem like the IAEA's inspection is not over with because what's interesting is that they're going to be conducting a joint inspection with South Korea. Uh, and this is according to an announcement made on Wednesday. So, so give us the details of this. 
Right, the International Atomic Energy Agency and Korea's Korea Institute of Nuclear Safety, the institute that Taeyong also just mentioned, will carry out a joint analysis on the samples of wastewater from the Fukushima nuclear power plant. In specific, the IAEA's Torrential Environmental Radiochemistry Laboratory will be involved with the Korean Institute for a second and third round of analysis of samples. These will be samples that are stored in one of the tanks in the Fukushima plant. These findings, based on uh, and uh, these are the findings are expected to be released in a report in the latter half of the year. That meaning the IAEA's first analysis, although having been called a final verification report, is not really the last inspection. There will be additional ones. However, uh, if Japan does carry out its uh, wastewater release as early as August, then you might be thinking what's the point of having these uh, findings of second rounds and third rounds of analysis and then releasing the data in the latter half of the year. Uh, that's what, I, what what came up in my uh, head when I re read the report. But then I thought um, the process itself is going to last for years. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if something does come out in the latter half of the half that does not seem safe, then maybe it will help for the further process of the release. Yeah, because uh, the, the whole idea or, or the wording of latter half of the year, right? I mean, that's a very broad timeline here. Now, we right. know for sure that, well, okay, we don't even know for sure that it's going to be August. It's going to be as early as August. Mm -hmm. So it could be August, it could be September or whatever it be. And the latter half of the year could be, you know, November, December. It could be as early as I don't, I, you know, August and September. And you're right. So I think that was the first thing that kind of popped into a lot of people's mind is, mm -hmm. What's the point if it, they're going to be releasing the water anyways? But there is, again, I mean, I guess maybe a possibility that if the IAEA, after conducting further analysis, and that was kind of the criticism from some of the nuclear experts, including the nuclear expert that we talked to earlier this week and uh, Professor Timothy Mousseau, is that they've rushed the release of the wastewater a little bit too quickly because there's not enough information about tritium. There's not mm -hmm. enough information about how all of the, the release of the water is going to impact other waters. So they were saying it was too rushed and maybe after releasing, maybe the first wave of the, the release of the contaminated water and they do some findings and they realize, uh-oh, this is a bad idea, uh, then the IAEA might give it a, a red light, right? They might go, well, we'll stop all of it. We right. need more, mm -hmm. you know, we need to uh, do something about this. But Highly unlikely because, again, the IAEA is kind of, they, they said they did a thorough inspection of it. But I think moving forward, since it is inevitable that uh, Japan is going to be releasing uh, the contaminated water, that at least conducting analysis and testing uh, continuously on the released water uh, moving forward, I think, is going to be the important thing and uh, make sure that it is uh, transparent. Uh, let's talk Domestic politics, uh, President Yoon Seok-yeol on Thursday appointed Yoo In-chun. Uh, he is a former Minister of Culture, Sports and Tourism uh, under the Lee Myung-bak administration. Uh, he's uh, been tapped as a special advisor in culture and sports under the Yoon administration. Seung, you have more on this. Yes, um, this is part of Yoon administration's recent reshuffle that affected sixth vice minister level post. To briefly introduce Yoo In-chun to our listeners, he was active as a TV actor, theater actor, and 
Development Director and was appointed as Minister of Culture, Sports and Tourism with the start of the Lee Myung-bak administration and served as a minister for about three years until January 2011. And during his tenure as minister, the second vice minister was the current presidential chief of staff Kim Dae-gi. And you may have noticed that we see many names who served under Lee Myung-bak administration uh, in current administration, including Lee Dong-gwan, a former senior presidential secretary for press affairs and the current special presidential advisor for external relations, who is highly likely to be appointed as a new chief of broadcasting watchdog as well. And along with you, Cho Hong-sun, an official of the Fair Trade Commission, was newly appointed as vice chair of the antitrust regulator. And Ko Kwang-hyo, an official of the Ministry of Economy and Finance, was chosen as chief of the Korea Customs Service. Kim Yun-sang, another finance ministry official, was named chief of the Public uh, Procurement Service, while Lee Young-il, deputy finance minister, was appointed as chief of Statistics Korea. And the announcement came a week after the reshuffle plan on Minister of Unification, the chairman of the Anti-Corruption and Civil Rights Commission, and 13 vice minister-level officials was announced late last month. Uh, for any of our listeners out there, uh, Yu Chun is one of those names that's like, it doesn't really pop up in your mind, but when you see his face, he's been in <laughs> many, many yes. television dramas and movies uh, and so forth. But like uh, Seung said, it's not surprising. There's been many uh, people from the former uh, Lee Myung-bak administration. We've also seen from the former uh, Park Geun-hye administration mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, two former police officers have been arrested in connection to the tragic Itaewon crowd crush uh, have been released as the court in charge uh, appears to have granted them bail before standing trial. So you have more on this. Right. Lee im former head of the Yongsan police station, and Song Byung-ju, former chief of the station's 112 emergency hotline situation room, are to be released some 10 days before their detention reaches the sixth month's expiration. They have been arrested on charges of professional negligence resulting in death or injury in the Itaewon crowd crush last year in October where 159 people were killed during Halloween celebrations in the bustling region in Yongsanggu district. The Seoul Western District Court, which had issued the arrest warrant for Yi and Song in December last year, was cited by legal circles this Thursday as having granted them a bail. Uh, so some details on what kind of charges they are facing. E was accused of not taking specifically needed actions after receiving an order from the Seoul Metro Metropolitan Police Agency to make full preparations for Halloween celebrations in the region. Uh, and uh, he was also charged on forging official documents as he allegedly approved a report that contained fabricated information on the time of his arrival at the accident site. Now, Sung was accused of taking required safety precautions, uh, not taking required safety precautions, that is, despite receiving numerous emergency calls that were warning of dangers of overcrowding. Uh, it looks like the two officials have been appearing at the court on the dates they were called in and are not at risk of fleeing, so uh, that's uh, why they were granted a bail. Uh, I guess it's not official, but that's uh, what reports are um, mm-hmm. hinting. A bail was also granted to Yongsan District Chief Park Hee-young and Choi Won-jun, a former official handling safety and disaster responses in Yongsan, as well as Park Sang-min, a former Seoul Metropolitan Agency and 
intelligence officer, and Kim Jin-ho, a former intelligence officer at Yongsan Police Station uh, recently. So now in total, six key figures have been granted bail before standing trial. Yeah, I'm not sure how the uh, the Korean law system uh, is done, but like, for example, like in the United States, in order for you to be granted bail, you also have to put up bail money. And so depending... Uh, that was actually the case with one of them. Okay, or just one of them. Okay. Um, I'm sure about one of them, mm -hmm, okay. not the other one. Yeah, but. because usually it's if they're they are like for example a flight risk, right? Or depending on the gravity of the crime, uh, the bail money would be set relatively high. Like mm -hmm. for instance, if they believe that they're not really a high risk and they'll give them a bail, maybe it'll be like in the uh, the ten thousands, uh, like a ten thousand dollar bail or, or something like that. But if you have like a high profile murder case, for instance, like you see in the United States, there'll be like a million dollar bail, and they basically saying either you can't put it up or even if you put it up and you decide to uh, you know flee bail uh, we're gonna keep the money is what it is so uh, quite interesting here uh, also for the first time South Korea is about to introduce an anti-drone defense system and this is to protect major government and military facilities from uh, North Korea's drone attacks uh, the plan was announced by a military official on Thursday so let's get the details of that Yes, um, if you remember, December last year, North Korea sent five unmanned aerial vehicles across inter-Korean border, violating South Korean airspace in the border areas. And one of them even flew all the way to near capital Seoul before returning across the border, which was very threatening. And with this in mind, South Korea will introduce an integrated defense system to be fully prepared for the North unmanned aircraft at key military government facilities. To carry out this project, the Defense Acquisition Program Administration, or DAPA, will also hold the bid to purchase the integrated defense system until August 8th. DAPA recently put up a notice for the 48.5 billion won, uh, which is about 37.2 million US dollars project on its website. Under this project, defense officials aim to bring the counter drone system into South Korea, which is expected to be operated by the Army, the Navy and the Air Force from local companies. And the new system is also expected to detect small drones and disrupt signals to disable them. Yeah, um, we did a thorough analysis so we also talked to an expert because a lot of people are saying that it was sort of embarrassing that they couldn't get the those uh, five unmanned aerial vehicles or the drones that North Korea had sent but uh, there was a number of issues I had. Number one is very, very small. And also number two, to shoot it down, and especially when it was flying over in residential areas, it could could have caused uh, quite a bit of catastrophe. And so uh, them not being able to down it uh, was, might not have been a bad thing, but now they're going to have a defense system in place here. Uh, guys, we're going to move on to domestic economy this time. Depositors' worries are growing over the soundness of the Korea Federation of Community Cooperatives, or is Hemar Kumgo. Uh, ever since its uh, delinquency rate has reached an all-time high. Uh, this with more and more customers withdrawing their deposits of certain branches. So uh, tell us about the current situation there. Right, there has been growing concern over a number of Semal Gumgo branches with customers seen in lines since early in the morning to withdraw their savings 
or get some assurance on that their money is safe. Especially after news spread that the Dongbu Community Credit Cooperatives in Namyangju in Gyeonggi-do province is in the process of uh, closing following a failed project of financing loan case. Although employees are ensuring clients that it's not a bankruptcy and the branch is going to undergo a merger with Hwado Community Credit Cooperatives slated for later this month, uh, despite all of these uh, trying to ensure them, customers appear to be still unsure, and some of them have been persuaded by employers and uh, some not, employees that is, and uh, they are also seen rushing to a nearby branch, not only Namyangju but the Hopyeong branch as well. Uh, these people are fearing a bank run, which means uh, when customers of a financial institution or bank withdraw their deposits all at the same time over growing fears of the stability of a bank, and then a chance of default increases, and the bank, uh, in an extreme case, may have no more reserves to cover withdrawals. Uh, the delinquency rate, meanwhile, of the Korea Federation of Community Cooperatives doubled to 6.4% in the first half of the year from around 3% by the end of last year. A high-ranking employer at uh, KFCC said that uh, the Namyeongju branch crisis started to reveal in March a 600 billion won or roughly 45.6 million US dollar project uh, financing loan went bad. Quite interesting that uh, there's a number of uh, these banks. Uh, we've talked about uh, even with some of the savings bank in the United States that have been going uh, down here. But now it seems like uh, even South Korean uh, banks have been impacted by this. But uh, as anxiety over the soundness of these Hemarikumgo Bank is growing, uh, the government established a pan-government response team. Now, the government is reiterating that money deposited installment savings account would be protected 100 uh, percent, adding that if necessary, it plans to provide sufficient liquidity uh, through government borrowing. Now, Seong, tell us more about the government's plan there. Yes, as we just discussed, as concerns over Semaul Kumgo are only growing among the public, related ministries, agencies such as the Ministry of the Interior and Safety, Ministry of Economy and Finance, and the Financial Services Commission established a joint response team and held a briefing on Thursday to dispel those concerns. The joint response team reassured people that they do not have to worry because the delinquency rate of the Semaul Kumgo is still manageable. Currently, KDIC, Korea Deposit Insurance Corporation, protects deposits up to 50 million won, which is about 38,000 US dollars, principal and interest combined per person per financial institution. And the joint response team emphasized that the depositors' money will be protected under that measure, just like other financial institutions. It also added that even if deposits and the amount of installment savings exceed 50 million won, principal and interest will be paid from the merged bank. And the response team then went on to say that Semar Kumgo is financially stable enough and that they had well planned for an emergency as well. On top of that, um, as you mentioned, SJ, no matter what happens, the joint team stressed that it plans to support sufficient liquidity uh, through government borrowing if necessary, so the depositors do not have to worry about not getting their money back. Well, um, all this confusion in the first place began with the government's announcement and its plan, to, plan of merger 
and acquisition of insolvent bank branches. And uh, although the government has quickly revealed its plan to protect the depositors, um, it remains to be seen whether the anxiety among the depositors will go away soon. You Man. guys don't have any savings <laughs> there, do you? No, I have the opposite of that, which is basically I took out a, a loan from oh. <laughs> from the the bank for my uh, my apartment, and uh. I'm going. I was trying to figure out if that's going to be a problem for them or is it going to be a problem for me because I've been paying off my my uh, loans, interest and everything on, mm. on time and everything mm. like that. But then that's that would be the least of the worries, right? If I had money in there, that would have been worried worrying. Mm. But if I owe them money <laughs> and I have loans to pay off, maybe it'll you know transfer over to another bank and I'll be paying mm, off the right. loans in that case. Right. So. Whew, I was I was trying to trying to message my wife, trying to figure out if there's any problem with this. Uh, staying with banking news, a change has come to South Korea's commercial banking sector. A regional bank is about to transform into a nationwide commercial bank. Uh, this is the first time in more than three decades that the country introduced a uh, new commercial bank. So, so tell us more about this. Sure. So Korea's commercial bank industry was known to be dominated by five banks. Can you guys guess without looking at the script? Yes, I can. I think I'm a use most of them. Shinhan. KB Kumin, Uri, Nongyap NH, right? And uh, one more, Hana. Hana. Wow. Right. <laughs> Correct. Uh, yes, there you go. <laughs> So these have uh, branches nationwide and uh, have been for decades uh, been these, um, you know, commercial banks. But now we have the Daegu Bank or DGB Daegu Bank, which will be expected to be the first regional bank in the country to converse into a commercial bank. Uh, that's the first designation of a new commercial bank in 31 years since the establishment of the Peace Bank of Korea in 1992. And uh, it's also going to be the first full-fledged commercial bank with its headquarters outside the capital Seoul. And, uh, well, for our foreign listeners, Daegu is in the southeastern part of the nation. So what does this mean? The entry barrier for banks will be lowered to become a new commercial bank, and that is the aim the government has. Financial Services Commission Chairman Kim Joo-hyun, who made the announcement on Wednesday, said that a task force will enhance the banking sector and implement measures to, quote, introduce fair and effective competition in the sector. So uh, the transformation of the Daegu Bank is uh, likely to be the first step. Uh, the license is expected to be granted by the end of the year once Daegu Bank submits a formal application. Uh, if no issues hinder the conversion, more banks are expected to be considered to become commercial banks. And that could be uh, any kind of local banks, internet banks, as well as specialized lenders uh, that will be encouraged. Yeah, there's so many regional banks, right? Like mm -hmm. there, we have like uh, the Busan Bank and stuff like that. Tegu Bank is one of the major ones. It is interesting that a regional bank uh, is becoming uh, basically a, one of Korea's a commercial banks out there. Uh, let's talk other issues this time. Economy prices of ramyeon continued to rise further last month. Uh, climbed to the highest rate in the month of June. Now the gap between the price hike of ramyeon and the overall inflation rate uh, widened by more than 10 percentage points. This is the largest since the global financial crisis that we often talk about here. Seung, uh, you have more on this. 
Yes, according to Statistic Korea on Wednesday, the consumer price index of ramyeon in June posted 123.95, up 13.4% from the same month last year. Especially as the inflation rate for June slowed to 2.7%, the gap between the growth in the price of ramyeon and prices overall widened to over 10.7 percentage points, the largest since January 2009 during the global financial crisis. However, the gap is expected to narrow this month as ramyeon manufacturers cut product prices one after another in line with the government's price stabilization policy. Recently, under the government's pressure, major ramyeon manufacturers announced that they would lower the prices of some of their products starting from July, which is um, this month. But since some of their flagship products are even more popular abroad than at home, they were not able to just order cut the price of some of their major products, and one of the examples is Samyang's Buldak Bokkeumyeon. And according to the manufacturers, lowering prices of domestic products should be followed by global retail and wholesale prices, and plus, widening the difference between the prices of ramyeon at home and abroad will upset the global consumers. So despite the government's coercive policy and ramyeon manufacturers' price adjustments on some of their products, um, some predict that price hikes in ramyeon will not slow down significantly as they lower the prices of uh, limited products only. In response, the Korea Consumer Organization Council urged uh, the ramyeon firms to carry out a practical price cut that will actually ease the burden on consumers. Yeah, ramyeon was supposed to be one of those things where if you don't have money to you know, eat, this is what you eat. I remember <laughs> my first, first year. <laughs> My first year in Korea was uh, all about uh, half for ramyeon. Mm. No, but I've ramyeon you know, and kimbap. Kimbap was cheap. Which has become very luxury oh, okay. food these no. days. Kimbap, regular kimbap used to be a thousand five hundred one per mm-hmm. roll before it started going. You know, the prices started rising astronomically. But I remember like the first memory of me uh, buying ramyeon back when I was like uh, four years old uh, before I immigrated to the U.S. It was shinamyeon, uh, which was the the more uh, the the top top. Uh, ramyeon at the mm-hmm. time, there was like cheaper ones you could buy for a peg one, uh, 101. It used to be mm-hmm. 201 uh, for a pack of uh, shin ramyeon, but uh, no longer anymore. You have really good memory. You still remember no, <laughs> the I, price of ramyeon I when re- you were four? You know why I remember this? Uh-huh. is because I had just 101 that I got from as uh, allowance from my mom. And you know how you used to like, you know, break it and then put the powder in, eat it like snack? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Snack. Yeah. Like, like the pusha pusha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, was the best for that. But I only had uh, 101 and I, mm. I couldn't buy it. And then, you know, the lady was like, it's 201. You could buy this, the hemur, the, the, the seafood, <laughs> namyeon, blah, blah, blah. And it was disgusting. <laughs> it was. No, I'm actually more surprised, not about you remembering the price, uh-huh. but that it really was just 101 when you were four years so, old. So, uh, you and I, you and I are only a few oh years, a few years apart. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, what else is going up is prices of ice cream also continuously going up as well. And uh, and those do not seem to be even impacted by the government's calls to lower the prices, as we saw with the ramyeon prices. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, on the back of dropping raw material prices. So, so are you going to tell us about the ice cream prices now? Sure. So, are you guys ice cream lovers? What are you trying to say? I mean, who's not? <laughs> <laughs> I used to be. I'm not a big not ice cream anymore. person. Or actually, me neither. I'm not really an ice so cream. So maybe person, that's not a big problem for <laughs> all of us. <laughs> really, really not. <laughs> but uh, uh, many, maybe other of our listeners in Korea, you might want to fill up your freezers as prices keep rising. Uh, but you know, actually. I we talked about unmanned aerial vehicles before, right? Mm -hmm. But you know what's also unmanned, unmanned these days? Unmanned ice cream, ice cream stores, yes, yeah. Yes. And the ice creams are pretty cheap there, so mm. maybe that would be an alternative. However, Statistics Korea said on Thursday that the consumer price index of ice cream reached 119.98 in June, which is up 9.4% from the same month last year. It seems like a big surge, but we actually had an even bigger surge earlier in March this year, uh, where the la largest surge in 14 years was uh, experienced when prices surged 13.7% on year. Uh, a slightly lower rate of increase was seen in April and May, 10.5% and 5.9% respectively. But with the summer season back, it looks like we are experiencing a hike again. And uh, the ice cream makers do not seem to be really affected by the government's calls for lowering the prices like Damian, as demand is high nevertheless. And it's foreseen that the big frozen uh, dessert makers like Rotte Well Food, Pingre, and Hete Ice Cream will raise their prices further. And that, especially as a liter of milk, is expected to cost more than 3,000 won in the near future. That would be roughly $2.3. I'm telling you, everything is going up. And you're right, Tisoli, you make a very good point. Those like unmanned uh, stores are a little bit cheaper. Mm. Uh, but also, if you go to not the convenience, most people buy ice ice cream from the convenience stores but if you go to like the local supermarkets they actually have it for like they have a lot of the one plus one mm -hmm. uh, ice cream mm, right. but uh, yeah my kid's big on ice cream so my wife does the cheap thing just freezes juice and it's healthier That's nice. yeah, and it's healthy yeah it's healthier, it's healthier. But what about juice prices? <laughs> That's a different story. The juice prices going up might be a different story here. Yeah, monsoon season, fruits go up for prices. Go up. even more expensive. Every, everything is going up these days, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Uh, speaking of everything going up but your salary, uh, the minimum wage commission... you were going to say that. I was waiting for it. <laughs> the minimum wage commission is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, they held their 11th plenary session. Uh, this at the Sejong Government Complex at uh, 3 p.m. Uh, on this Thursday to discuss next year's minimum wage. Of course, uh, there's been there's been a number of meetings uh, this year with no agreement in place. Uh, we have the labor and management uh, scheduled to present plans to present the uh, second amendment to the original request at the plenary meeting. But uh, let's get the latest details on this. Sure. Um, the labor and management circles proposed 12,001 and 9,701 respectively on Thursday for next year's minimum wage revision. But at the 11th uh, plenary session held this afternoon, labor and management continued to have a tense confrontation and unfortunately failed to reach an agreement again. Doogie's Hop, Secretary General General of the Federation of Korean Trade Unions criticized the government's economic policy direction in the second half announced the previous day, saying the government still does not acknowledge the pain of the low-income and economically vulnerable population who rely on the minimum wage. And regarding the government's briefing yesterday that proudly announced a slowing inflation pace, do you argue that it is only a temporary phenomenon due to stabilization of international oil prices? 
wages and sensible cost of living is still not improving. On the other hand, employers countered that argument, saying that a high minimum wage hike will not only put more burden on small and medium-sized business owners, but eventually bring negative impacts on laborers as well, because the business owners will end up replacing human workers with robots or kiosks. And the deadline for legal deliberation on the minimum wage was the 29th of last month, um, so the due date is already over. And considering the remaining administrative procedures, the minimum wage plan should be handed over to the Minister of Employment and Labor by mid-July, and the minister must finalize and announce the minimum wage by August 5th, so we don't have much time. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, both the, the, the labor side and the management side, they do have both very good arguments, mm-hmm. and this is one of those rare cases where you really it's really hard to side with one side because right. yes for the labor side it is true everything all the prices are going up they're unable to afford anything with the current minimum wage right now i think they did a calculation on how much uh, a person needs to make minimum in order to afford the cost of living here in south uh, in south korea and it's 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 lower uh, it's higher than the minimum mm-hmm. wage currently for south korea but on the flip side if you you know look at what the management is saying We've seen this happen before. We, we saw a drastic hike uh, a couple of years ago during the Moon administration. Remember, they were you know, going for the, uh, the, the 10,000 mm. uh, one minimum wage, and they realized there was a huge criticism from uh, the, the, what is it, the, the management side. Mm. And they did hike it up a little bit to like the 9,000 level. And what they saw was a lot of these uh, small stores basically unable to hire people. Right. Uh, and so in order to kind of meet the demands of the, the the income for the employees. They had to raise the prices on everything. Mm-hmm. And already we're seeing, you know, inflation price. Namion is expensive and ice cream is expensive. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen if you start paying more to the workers? They're going to start raising prices on all right. the goods and then the inflation goes up. So mm-hmm. it's a domino effect. You really can't side with one side, which is really the, the, the difficult thing here. But nevertheless, guys, thank you very much for joining us today with your reports. Have a safe rest of your week and uh, we'll see you guys again. Thank, thank you. you. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.